This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. Here's Kathy White. A very good chance of some rain, possibly heavy at times throughout the day today. Seasonable temperatures, though, getting into the 70s. Almost as soon as federal student loan debt relief was announced, the scams have started. New York state officials are warning consumers that criminals are using the debt relief plan to steal money and personal information by posing as government representatives. Officials say those looking to take advantage of student loan forgiveness should only go to .gov websites when seeking assistance. The U.S. Department of Education has launched a website to provide borrowers with a one-stop location for accurate information about the federal student loan forgiveness program. Other ways to safeguard against scams include never trust any person or program who promises early access or guaranteed eligibility. The loan forgiveness application is to launch in early October. Officials say there is no such thing as early access and borrowers should remember they never have to pay for help with their federal student aid. As with any unsolicited contact via email or phone, you should never share your personal information, federal student ID, or social security number to anyone. No one from the Department of Education will be calling or texting about the program. Real emails to borrowers would only come from no reply at studentaid.gov. If you encounter a scam, report it to the Federal Student Aid website or the Federal Trade Commission. Broome County Emergency Services officials are reporting no injuries, but some tense moments when a motorcycle caught fire on an interstate yesterday. The motorcycle was reported fully involved in flames on Interstate 88 West at Exit 4 at about 5.21 p.m. Firefighters from Sanitaria Springs responded to the scene, including a pumper tanker. The blaze was quickly put out. Officials this morning had no word on what caused the motorcycle to catch fire. No other vehicles were involved. Motorists traveling in the Colesville Road area have a chance tomorrow to offer input on an improvement project that involves installing a new traffic signal. The Broome County Department of Public Works is hosting the session at 7 p.m. at the Town of Colesville offices at 780 Welton Street in Harpersville. The Broome County Public Works Engineering Division is looking for comment regarding the planned traffic control device at the intersections of Colesville Road and North Road and Sanitaria Springs Road. The intersection in question is located west of Aquaga Road and the West Colesville Fire Station. Questions about the project can be directed to Tom Sullivan at 607 Seven seven eight two four nine six. U.S. Senator Kirsten Gillibrand of New York is urging the U.S. Department of Agriculture to act quickly on a part of a recently passed Inflation Reduction Act that would provide over $3 billion in economic relief for small farms. Gillibrand, along with fellow Democrat, 18th District Congressman Sean Patrick Maloney of the Hudson Valley, sent a letter to the USDA Secretary last week urging the implementation of the debt relief package and to immediately clarify the eligibility guidelines. 
campaigns. The New York Democrats say the USDA currently needs time to design and implement a debt relief program, including eligibility requirements. Maloney and Gillibrand say the longer it takes for the program to be put into place, the more economically distressed farmers will be faced with making loan payments that would put them at risk of defaulting or having to sell their farms. The senator and congressman are introducing the Relief for America's Small Farmers Act last year that defines eligible borrowers as those with an average annual adjusted gross income of $300,000 or less for the previous five years. Officials say as of 2019, farmers in New York held over $160 million in debt. The National Weather Service has issued a hazardous weather outlook for central New York and northeast Pennsylvania, calling for thunderstorms moving across the region this afternoon with a potential to become strong to severe with damaging winds, the main threat. The WMBF Twin Tiers forecast is calling for an 80% chance of rain and thunderstorms high in the mid-70s. Mostly cloudy tonight, 60% chance of showers and thunderstorms. A low in the upper 50s. Tomorrow, a slight chance of showers, then mostly sunny, a high in the mid-70s. Wednesday starts off with patchy fog, then a 50% chance of afternoon showers and thunderstorms high near 80. This is where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. I'm Bob Joseph. Today is Monday, September 19th, 2022, and this is how it begins. 607-772-1290 is the number. If you'd like to participate, we encourage you to contact us and be part of the program. If you'd like to comment on some of the things that you've seen were heard over the last three days, now would be a great time to do that. Again, 607-772-1290. If you'd like to discuss the issues facing the world as we start a new broadcast week right here on WNBF, it is the final week of summer, according to reliable reports. Autumn will begin at the end of the week, and of course, that means our new fall season will be getting underway right here at News Radio WNBF, WNBF.com. I think it's going to be a good week. We encourage you, by the way, to participate uh, by email in the event that you forgot to charge your phone, or maybe. You didn't forget, but maybe you were talking on your phone all night, and so the phone is completely out of juice. If that's the case, I would recommend that you send an email to bob at wnbf.com. We have a lot going on locally. I'll even talk about the Binghamton Rumble Ponies. I know, some people say, but Bob, you don't, you won't. I do, and I will. Coming up on our Monday program.
So the Rumble Ponies have wrapped up their 2022 season. I enjoyed the final two games of the season here in downtown Binghamton. I'll acknowledge I would have preferred a slightly different outcome for the Saturday evening contest and the Sunday afternoon contest. However, that being said, I would like to express my appreciation to everybody with the Rumble Ponies for making it a very, very enjoyable spring and summer. So, I know that one guy will say, yeah, but Bob, what is their record? The record at the end of the season, 53-83. and 83. And I remember the season started off with uh, so much promise, so much excitement with the um, home opener last April. Probably one of the nicest, nicest home openers in recent Binghamton baseball memory. I think it was April 13th, if I am recalling correctly. And I believe the temperature was about 65 or 66 at the time of the first pitch at 635 that Tuesday evening. So, and as I recall, they also had a big win. So, what more could you want? Maybe, was it actually April 12th? I guess it was April 12th. Yes, it was. April 12th, when they defeated Bowie. So, but uh, overall, uh, I I enjoyed the games. I enjoyed going to games. I enjoyed listening to games on news radio, WNBF, 1290 AM, 92.1 FM. It was great to hear Binghamton baseball back on the radio, as it should be. So, I think... I basically think that it uh, was a good year. Now, again, for true baseball fans, and I know there are many out there who will say, but Bob, they didn't have a winning season. I'm aware of that. I'm aware of that. And some people take it harder than others. Some people take the performance of their team, whether... It's the Rumble Ponies or the Bills. They take it personally. I'm not one of those people. I enjoy sports because it's entertainment. And I especially enjoy sports in Binghamton because it gives us more options. So, But again, for those who think winning is the only thing, I can see where some people may not have been pleased with the outcome this year. So we'll see what happens. By the way, we do plan to speak with the Rumble Ponies over owner, David Sabatka, in the studio right here on WNBF this week. So stay tuned. Morning, WNBF. It's 9.15. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Hearing Kathy's voice. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Was this Larry from Kirkwood? Yes, sir. All right. Sorry, I didn't have the security code punched in, so we missed the first time. Well, everything now is so highly secure. They're afraid that unauthorized calls somehow will get on the on the air. So, you, so I have to punch in like a 12-digit security code that changes every hour. And it's like, 
why do they even bother? Why? Who told them that somebody like Larry would try to get on without authorization? Am I right? Heaven knows that Larry boy is one dangerous little dude. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, what's up? Oh, not much. Well, uh, still sad to hear that the Romo ponies are done for the year and they're not going to go on further, but eh, there's next year. Hopefully there is. Do and uh, it's 205 days until baseball mm-hmm. is back in Binghamton. So I'm looking yeah. forward to it, April 11th. 2023, I believe at 6.35 p.m., and I I plan to be there. Yep. i tell you what, i got to say, I, I just love to hear James when he does the sports report because he is just so knowledgeable. I love that. He just gives it all in depth, and, and it really makes it interesting. I love that. Well, that's what you have. Um, in-depth, in-depth sports coverage. Yeah. Details, details you'll find nowhere else. Details, details, yes, yes. <laughs> okay, that's all I got to say. Bye. All right, hope you have Thank a great you, day. Bye. Nine eighteen at News Radio, WNBF, WNBF.com. Uh, coming up today, we'll have a couple of additional interesting stories that you are not going to hear or see elsewhere. No, because <laughs> no, because I actually go out of the newsroom and, and report. I know, you're saying, but why do that? Why go out in the field and report and ask questions and take pictures? I don't know. Isn't that what reporters used to do? Let's see. Um, on Oh, I know, the front page of the New York Times. Everybody wants to know what the New York Times is reporting because they... Not they, it, the New York Times, sets the journalistic agenda for the planet. So let's see what their front page looks like this morning. Front page of your New York Times. Trolls in Russia schemed to divide women's march. Fake accounts targeted feminist movement to intensify discord in America. I read this story online Sunday afternoon, but it is the front page top story today in the Times, and it confirmed my suspicions that some people were up to, uh, were engaged in shenanigans when they were um, planting things online on Twitter and other social media platforms about the women's movement in 2017. I know you're saying, but Bob, that's more than five years ago. How could we possibly remember that so long ago? You're right. It seems so long ago. But there was an effort by our friends in Russia, as in our friend Vladimir Putin and his people, to create discontent and discord in the United States of America. That's how they do their stuff. So even when we're in so-called peaceful times... Our friends in Russia still want to cause trouble for this country. Now, in fairness, I suppose some people operating at the behest of the U.S. government are probably trying to do the same in Russia. I don't know. I have no 
evidence to support that. I just think, why wouldn't the United States attempt to cause trouble in Russia and other countries that we theoretically don't like? So, as far as Russia and its operatives um, planting fabricated things, you know, from their troll factories, hey, the fact that they can do it, plus it's fairly inexpensive to do, why wouldn't they? I don't think it's right, but bottom line, why wouldn't they do it? It's just sad that they do it. It's sad that Twitter and Facebook and other social media platforms don't have systems in place to control this sort of thing, but I don't think they want to control this sort of thing because controlling this sort of thing actually would reduce the use of their platform. And let's face it, that's not what they're about. They want as many people tweeting or posting on Facebook or posting on whatever the platform is, they want as many people as possible to use it at all hours of the day and night. So I don't know that there's any incentive for the people who operate Facebook and Twitter clamp down on behavior that could be linked to foreign governments or even behavior that could be linked to groups here in the United States that are just up to no good. would be nice if they could try to control it, but what incentive is there for them to crack down on, on people who are just, you know, making... More people use their platform. 922 at WNBF, also on page one of the New York Times. Fiona makes landfall in Puerto Rico. A picture above the fold in the Times. The hurricane left 1.5 million without power and could bring more than two feet of rain to the island. So things are very bad in Puerto Rico. So I bet the former guy will be heading down there soon and throwing it out complimentary rolls of toilet paper. No, of course he won't, because he has nothing to gain. If he had something to gain, he would go down to Puerto Rico in a few days and start throwing out Bic pens. Or Big Macs. No, not Big Macs. Um, Whoppers. Also, what else do they have here on page one of the Times? Oh, of course, they have their obligatory story about the former guy. Lower right corner of page one, laying out the six legal battles, putting Trump at growing risk. Former President Trump has set up his office on the second floor of his Mar-a-Lago estate in Florida as part replica of the Oval Office and part homage to his time in the real White House. Good grief. It'll be like when I leave here, I'll set up my home office to look like the radio studio. On the wall during a visit last year were six favorite photographs, including one with Kim Jong-un. On display were challenge coins, a plaque commemorating his border wall, and a portrait of the former president fashioned out of bullet casings, a president from Jer. Bolsonaro, the so-called Trump of Brazil. 
This has become Mr. Trump's fortress in exile and his war room, the headquarters for the wide-ranging and rapidly escalating conflict with investigators that has come to consume his post-presidency. It is a multi-front war with battlefields in New York, Georgia, and the nation's capital featuring a shifting roster of lawyers and a blizzard of allegations of wrongdoing that are hard to keep straight. Anyway, that's a pretty good lead by Peter Baker in the Times. (laughs) He set up his office on the second floor so it looks like the Oval Office. (laughs) 925 WNBF, WNBF.com. Well, hey, he certainly has the resources to do that. And um, in fairness, if I had that kind of money, I might set up a replica Oval Office at my home as well. I could see that. You're listening to News Radio with the information you really need. We'll be talking about some local things in just a moment as we continue our Monday program on WNBF and WNBF.com. You watch. WNBF, WNBF.com. It's 929 with Bob Joseph taking calls, actually uh, talking to listeners out on the street. <laughs> no, I don't usually do this, so don't bother to drive by to see if I'm out talking to listeners on the street, but I had to uh, check out something over on Court Street during that brief media timeout on the field, and when I was out there on the street, I ran into... A couple people who are uh, regular listeners of the program. So they said, uh, and of course I don't have a name tag on, but the uh, one person said, are you Bob Joseph? And I said, why, yes, I am. And he and his colleague said, we listen to you all the time. We listen all the time. And they were just uh, pleased to say hello to me, and I was pleased to say hello to them. And if I didn't have to be back here in the studio, what a nice Monday morning it is out on Court Street. If I didn't have to be out uh, or back here in the studio, because obviously that was just a brief media timeout on the field, uh, I would still be up there talking with Chris and Mike. Anyway, thanks, Chris and Mike, for the the, uh, greetings. Greetings to Chris and Mike and all their colleagues. We thank them for listening so intensely. Right here on News Radio, WNBF. We'll be taking more calls now, 607-772-1290. Mike in Endwell, good morning. Yeah, I want to speak positive, uh, Bob. As, as, a, as a veteran with limited resources and dental is very expensive, I want to put a thank you to Progressive Dental for their uh, free day on Saturday Uh I got a cleaning done, and 
and it just saved me a lot of money. And, and, and the girl that did it came up from Montrose. So, uh, so I'm going to thank, uh, obviously, Dr. Spur, but this whole outfit. Uh, and uh, there are people uh, who do give back to the community. And I, as a retired veteran with limited resources, I want to thank all the progressive people uh, at, at the uh, at Enwell there. And I appreciate it very much. And I'm sure everybody else that got the free dental care appreciates. That's all I got, Bob. All right. Thank you. Uh, by the way, yeah, the doctor, I know him. <laughs> He, um, the dentist, I mean, obviously, um, I commend him for the work he does. I commend him. So, anyway, yes, well, you know, Sonny Spira is good because he graduated from Union Endicott High School, as I did. So, anyway, good work, Dr. Spira and your team at Progressive Dental. It's nice that they do help the community. In some ways, I know this is not a really perfect comparison, perfect analogy, but in some ways I think I think they strive to do the type of stuff that we at Town Square Media strive to do in terms of serving our community as well as we possibly can because we're we are part of the community. So, and there are a lot of businesses too, as as they might say, too numerous to mention. But a lot of businesses, small, medium size, and even large, go out of their way to help people in our community, and I think it's great. So, thank you, Sunny Spira, Progressive Dental, for doing what you do. Nine thirty-three at WNBF, WNBF.com. Of course, uh, everyone's talking about ice cream. I know you're saying, but Bob, why do people have such a fixation, fascination, uh, obsession in some cases, almost about ice cream? I don't know. I don't know exactly why. We love ice cream as much as we do, but the reality is we do. We do. And maybe, maybe the main reason is because in most situations, ice cream is not really that controversial. Now, for some people, it could potentially be controversial. And we wound up doing a story on WNBF.com remembering a bit about Pat Mitchell's so, as I pointed out on Twitter, if you're of a certain age, you know a thing or two or probably remember a thing or two about Pat Mitchells and Endicott. The original Pat Mitchells at 434 East Main Street at the corner of Main and Vestal Avenue. That's before the DOT came and, well, you know, tore down Pat Mitchell's ice cream place. I know, you're saying... No, the DOT wouldn't do that. The DOT, Department of Transportation, actually took down America's most wonderful ice cream place, and the answer is, of course they did. Of course they did, because they're the DOT. It's the same DOT. Remember, it's the DOT that took down Johnson Field, uh, in Johnson City, where the triplets played for decades, it's the DOT that took down all the houses across the street from my 
grandmother's house <laughs> in Johnson City. So, yeah, the DOT, you know, they tear things down, and they work to fix bridges that are sinking. So, anyway, the um, memories, you can never... You can never really forget your memories, even if the building now is gone. But uh, the nice thing about Pat Mitchell's is people still remember it, even even though it's been gone. The original place has been gone for decades, but a lot of people around here still remember Pat Mitchell and his ice cream. So when we put up a story about it, um, a lot of people commented. There's a lot of feedback since Friday about our Pat Mitchell story, and also feedback because the whole premise of the story, the story was predicated on some sort of assertion that a person made that there's actually someone making ice cream right now, not far from here, that's better than Pat Mitchell's ice cream. And, you know, that was the basis for the story. So you can check that out at WNBF.com. I'm basically, uh, I guess you would call me the ice cream specialist here at the station. But that Pat Mitchell story, people love it. Why wouldn't they? And take a look at the, the picture, the Historic picture from Pat Mitchell's. So, something to think about in the final days of summer 2022. It's 9.37 WNBF. Here's something else to think about in the waning days of summer. You probably want a dependable car. A dependable car is important summer and fall and spring, but it's especially important during the winter, which hard to believe winter will be here in three months, and that means... Snow, ice, and other challenges. Miller Motors will help provide you and your family with the vehicles, with the transportation you need, dependable transportation. Things that are reliable, things that will get you through the snow and through the ice, keep you on the road so you can get to work on time or get to the store to get old-fashioned subs on time. Take the kids or the grandkids to school. The Miller Auto Team, if you want a new Honda or new Hyundai, stop in at 4455 Vestal Parkway East and consult with members of the team. They'll let you know what the options are. They do have vehicles coming in. Yes, some have already been uh, ordered, and some are coming in without uh, a person who actually has claimed that vehicle. Find out what they've got. See for yourself. What the Miller Auto Team can do for you, if you're interested in a previously owned vehicle, check out the used inventory online at MillerAutoTeam.com. Miller Motors open today until 7 on the Vestal Parkway across from Binghamton University. It's 938. Bob Joseph, WNBF. Is your... Forty WNBF. 
Speaking of the DOT, we uh, did receive a major update from the Department of Transportation on Friday regarding the Shenango Street situation, which has now been dragging on for well over a year on Binghamton's north side with uh, uh, closure, neighborhood cut in half. Think about this. If you live on the west side or the south side or the east side, how would you like it if the main street you use cut your neighborhood in half, that the DOT closed it down to all traffic for not just three months, as they claimed, and not just six months or nine months. No, for now well over a year. Uh, Imagine, now obviously it wouldn't happen, but imagine, if you can, the DOT finding some reason to close Riverside Drive on the west side. Say, right before Lord's Hospital, for example. Just, it's closed. It's going to be closed for a long, long time. And then they don't tell you much about it. What if they did that on the west side? And people would say, well, Bob, you know they wouldn't. That's true. They wouldn't. They wouldn't do it on Riverside Drive. They wouldn't do it on Main Street. They wouldn't do it on Conklin Avenue on the south side or Vestal Avenue. They wouldn't do it on Robinson Street on the east side, but they have done it on Shenango Street on the north side. And interestingly, for the most part, nobody brings this up. And when I say nobody, city officials, to the best of my knowledge, have not said anything on the news to anyone, certainly not on WNBF, to the best of my recollection, not on the other radio station, not on the TV stations, not online. So I don't know what that means about the people on the north side, but one would think that the city council representative on the north side or the mayor or the police chief or the fire chief or someone, someone with the city would say, like, well, come on, man. At least give us a lot more information about what's going on. You've closed Shenango Street, the main artery that connects these two north side neighborhoods. It's now been closed for more than 53 weeks and counting. The clock is ticking. Now, the good news is, because we are the Good News Station, Good News Radio 1290. The good news is uh, the statement that we received on Friday from DOT has offered some new guidance. It says, The DOT is encouraged by the recent progress we are making on the Shenango Arch Bridge. We are currently in the middle of multiple concrete pours to strengthen the bridge and anticipate opening the arch to single-lane traffic by the end end of the year, if not sooner. And, of course, the section of Shenango Street is still open for pedestrians as well as bicyclists who must get off their bike and walk it through uh, under the bridge on the sidewalk. The agency still won't provide details about what caused all the sinking of the bridge since it was constructed in 2013. 
Uh, the arch was constructed using precast concrete sections as part of the Prospect Mountain project. Still don't know how much all this will cost. We also don't know whether contractors involved with the original project will have to pay for fixing this. So the bridge can have a useful life of perhaps 75 years. That's the goal. 945, Bob Joseph on your side on News Radio, WNBF and WNBF.com. Investigators with the Albany County DA's office and the State Board of Elections are moving forward with their investigation focusing on duplicate signatures that were submitted in nominating petitions in an effort to secure the Independence Party ballot line for Republican gubernatorial candidate Lee Zeldin. That, according to the Albany Times-Union, story by Brendan Lyons and Chris Bragg. So, yes, they're apparently is uh, concerned concern about fraudulent nominating petitions involving New York State Republicans. Investigators initially suspected the 11,000 duplicate signatures, which were photocopied at the State Republican Party headquarters in Albany, had been inserted in the petitions due to a clerical error. But the investigators now are examining whether there are potential criminal charges because it appears the duplicate signatures were deliberately mixed into the petitions. Source with the knowledge of the investigation. So there you go. Trouble, trouble, and trouble. So whether you're looking at the Republicans or the Democrats, there just seems to be trouble brewing everywhere. Everywhere. Don't get me started with... Kathy Hochul, look at look at the concerns. Sometimes people say, well, it's the liberal media. Now, the liberal media is just reporting what it can find out about all of our fine elected officials and about all of our fine candidates. Now, the media, first of all, generally, it's just the media. It's news organizations working to try to find out what goes on. Because so much, as you know, so much is hidden from us, deliberately so. Here's another thing in the Times Union. Again, just to prove that the Times Union is looking at Republicans and Democrats. The Times Union isn't focusing just on one party or the other. So Chris Bragg, who helped report the story about the possible fraudulent nominating petitions linked to the Republican headquarters in Albany, Chris Bragg in the Times Union, excuse me, oh, there's another Chris. I I stand corrected. It's a columnist, Chris Churchill at the Times Union in Albany, wrote a column 
with the headline, Kathy Hochul's Very Bad and Terribly Suspicious Deal with a Donor. Subheading, the decision to pay digital gadgets $637 million for COVID test demands an attorney general investigation. So this is how Chris Churchill started his column over the weekend in the Times Union. Is Kathy Hochul's administration just inept, or do we have a real and serious scandal on our hands? Those questions, among others, come to mind in light of the governor's shockingly bad deal with major campaign donor Digital Gadgets, as revealed in a series of reports by Times Union investigative reporter Chris Bragg. So one part of this, it's complicated, and I'm not going to get too far into it on the radio because time is limited and because you won't probably follow along. But here's one thing. The guy who is the CEO of Digital Gadgets, Charles Tebbley, and his wife together donated nearly $50,000 to Hochul, a Democrat. Prior to that, neither had donated to her campaign in any significant way. That same month, Hochul declared a COVID disaster emergency that suspended the normal competitive bidding process for pandemic-related expenses. In other words, her administration suddenly had unchecked authority over COVID supply purchasing. A month later, five days before Christmas, her administration agreed to purchase 26 million tests from digital gadgets for $13 a test, about double the per-test price being offered by other distributors and about twice what the state of California paid for the same tests. In January, New York State bought 26 million more tests from digital gadgets, also at a considerably inflated price. All right. That sets the stage or at least gives you a little bit of the understanding of what's going on. It's just complicated, and that's probably one reason why, regardless of what Kathy Hochul's administration did regarding the purchase of COVID tests, she probably won't get in any trouble. Because it's just too complicated for most people. But but you have to admit, the optics, the optics don't look good. That's what you could say. Now, will it come up during the campaign? Well, sure, it'll come up. Lee Zeldin and Republicans will bring this up. And they already have. Is it going to make a difference in how the campaign Wraps up in November? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not good at predicting things. It just seems that, at a minimum, Kathy Hochul and her people should answer a few questions. And they should answer them this week. They should answer them today. Because it doesn't look good. Now, maybe they just were under so much pressure because of COVID that they did some poor deals and got taken for a ride by this company. And maybe they thought that's the best deal they could get by paying twice as much for COVID tests as the state of California did. No matter what the story is, Kathy Hochul and her people should be answering those questions right now. It's 9.55, News Radio, WNBF. I'm Bob Joseph. You know me. I always have a few questions. For 15... News Radio, 1290, WNBF. Bob Joseph, 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 Bob Jose
Monday morning at WNBF. It's only starting to get interesting. It's going to be a great week. All that surveillance, you know what I'm saying? Cameras everywhere, watching our every move all the time. I'm just an average man with an average life. I work from nine to five. Hey, hell, I pay the price. All I want is to be left alone in my average home. Yeah, they're watching you. That's a warning from News Radio, WNBF. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. Here's Kathy White. heavy rain materialize there is a potential for isolated flash flooding that's especially possible in the poor drainage and urban areas with a number of construction projects currently underway in the region there could be even more poor drainage situations in the area due to a change in the drainage mechanisms later this week the national weather service says a strong cold front is expected to move through that'll be on wednesday those storms are also expected to have the potential to produce strong to severe wind gusts WMBF First News Time 1006. Broome County has passed 65,000 residents now that have been infected with COVID-19 as it begins distribution of some more testing kits. The County Health Department Friday announced the new cases bring the pandemic total to 65,072. Another death was also added, bringing the county morbidity to 552. Health officials continue to stress the importance of getting vaccinated and boosted, especially going into the colder months when more people will be in close quarters in enclosed spaces and the coronavirus mutations become more transmissible. In addition to getting the current shots, residents are reminded stay home if they don't feel well, test for COVID, and report any positive results to health officials who can offer guidance on such things as treatment. Meanwhile, the Department of Emergency Services says it has received 20,000 test kits from 
from the state that are currently available at the health department. Emergency services officials say they requested the free test kits from New York State after receiving dozens of requests over the past few weeks. That comes after the federal government announced it would no longer be mailing the free kits to households. The announcement of the availability of the additional kits has brought some backlash on social media with some people objecting to continued testing while the emergency management division stresses the additional kits were requested, quote, solely on the request from our community. The home COVID self-test kits are available during regular office hours at the Broome County Health Department at 225 Front Street, Binghamton. WMBF News Time 1007. No injuries are reported after a fire in a trailer being towed by a pickup truck in Lyle drew response from four fire companies. At around quarter after two yesterday afternoon, Lyle firefighters were called to Jennings Road for a hay, fi- a hay fire, followed by reports of a pickup truck and a mobile home on fire. Well, the blaze ended up involving a trailer towed by a pickup, but brought firefighters from Lyle, Kilowog, Glen Aubrey, and Marathon and Broome Volunteer Emergency Squads to the scene. Broome County is looking for more walls that need a little bit of paint, but it's a little more complicated than selecting a single paint chip, grabbing a roller, brush, and tarp. The County Department of Planning and Economic Development is looking for sites for the next round of I-District Murals and Mosaics Public Art Program. A number of projects bringing detailed artwork to the sides of buildings have been appearing all over the greater Binghamton area. To be considered for the program to receive an art installation in the summer of 2023, walls must be located within one of the innovation district boundaries and visible from the public right-of-way. The Department of Planning and Economic Development can provide a map of eligible areas through the project website. Other factors besides location and visibility include size, the historic character of the building, the surface conditions, and accessibility to the site. All those factors will be considered by the planners. Property owners who are selected are required to work closely with the project partners to help coordinate the project and maintain the art for at least 10 years. There's no compensation for hosting the art. Go to gobroomcounty.com slash planning slash art for information. Questions can also be directed to senior planner Stephanie Brewer at 607-778-2114. WMBF News Time 1009. You watch. The WMBF Twin Tiers forecast 80% chance of showers and possibly thunderstorms. A high in the mid-70s today, tonight. Mostly cloudy, a 60% chance of showers and thunderstorms. A low in the upper 50s. Clearing up for tomorrow, partly sunny, a high in the mid-70s. Wednesday starts off with some patchy fog in the morning. Otherwise, partly sunny and still about a 30% chance of some showers and thunderstorms both in the midday and late afternoon, and a high tomorrow in the upper 70s. For That's for Wednesday. For Thursday, a 50% chance of showers under partly sunny skies, high only in the mid-60s, and Friday, mostly sunny, a high in the upper 50s. Currently, it is 69 in Binghamton. It's 1011, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. Bob Joseph with you. Another hour on this Monday morning. Taking your call, 607-772-1290. If you'd like to talk on News Radio, WNBF. Every breath you take. 
If you can't call us, you certainly are requested to email the program, bob at wnbf.com, if you have something of substance that uh, you'd like to say. If you ever have something of substance that you want to share, but you don't want it put on the program, in the subject line, write not for broadcast. Not for broadcast. Put that in the subject line, and that way I won't read it on the air. But I will read what you have to offer, and that it just won't be used on the air. As always, if you have tips, Bob at WNBF.com. Many of our better stories are the result of news tips. So if you have a news tip, by all means, share it with us. Yes, we will look into it. But uh, with the um, acknowledgement, this is not 60 Minutes. Sometimes people send us news tips, and it involves a story so complicated that even 60 Minutes wouldn't be able to figure it out with their limited budget. So if 60 Minutes can't handle it, there's no way I could handle it. There are some stories going on around here. Trust me, trust me, if 60 Minutes could spare a few of their better producers and investigative reporters, not necessarily the people you see on TV every Sunday. Those are just the faces, the highly paid personalities of 60 Minutes. But if they sent some of the journalists from the 60 Minutes investigative unit up here, they could have a field day. The 60 Minutes could work on a bunch of stories, but... Again, some of those stories are way, way out of my league, <laughs> which I'm sure the elected officials and business people involved are saying, well, that's a good thing for us. Um, yeah, that's probably a good thing for you because the current journalistic infrastructure, people can get away with a lot these days. I mean, you could always get away with quite a bit, even... 10 or 20 years ago, or 50 years ago, when we had quite a few reporters working and people who would stay around Binghamton long enough to be able to figure out where Oswego Street is. But these days, given the realities of journalism, basically basically, uh, government officials and business people and people with nonprofits can kind of... Skate with most things. You know, let's face it. It's a field day. It's now, now is a great time to be an elected official or a business person or be affiliated with a nonprofit organization in America because the reporters don't have time to look into any sort of news tips in most cases. Joined now by Margaret Goodfellow of the League of Women Voters of Broome and Tioga Counties. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I am doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So, um, we are here to talk about National Voter Registration Day? I believe we are. And I believe this is a good thing because just between you and me, before you know it, It'll be election day. I know people say, but Bob, it's it's still summer. You know, election day is is weeks away. But the fact is, it's really almost around the corner, so now would be a great time for people 
to get registered to vote or update their registration if appropriate. Tell me about the effort that the League of Women Voters is doing to encourage people to be registered. Um, well, the National uh, Voter Registration Day is uh, obviously the uh, word national indicates that this occurs across the country. There are hundreds of organizations that participate, including the National League of Women Voters of the United States, and we do also. And we conduct events across the country to register people to vote. And it's done in September um, every year. And we are doing uh, partnerships with two organizations this year, uh, the Broome County Public Library, and the YWCA uh, Binghamton in Broome County. So we will have uh, volunteers placed at the library from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. tomorrow in the rotunda. And at the YWCA um, <clears throat> from noon to 3, the registered voters will check on your voter registration status. If you want to, If you need to change your address, you can do that. If you need to want to change your political party affiliation, you can fill out forms for that. Um, so we're, <clears throat> you know, providing information and also uh, having sit, uh, people do take action and register to vote so that when Election Day comes around, they can vote. Now, what's the charge for this service? Oh, it's free. We don't, we never, the, this, the league doesn't charge anything not a thing any of our service not a cent really really <clears throat> that's remarkable that we're bound uh no we're a volunteer organization we um we're unpaid we do uh voter registration efforts um candidate events vote 411 uh legislative advocacy and the public doesn't pay a dime did you ever think about charging? No. It's, we're that one of the benefits really is that uh, the public knows that we're doing this as a public service to them, um, and <clears throat> and I think that's a big selling point is that we do it as a public service. And I think it's a, a, well, it's a great selling point because these days it seems like everything. Everything that you uh, come into contact with, it seems like somebody has an angle if they've monetized it. <coughs> no, <clears throat> hmm. um, we don't monetize what we do. Well, you also have a, a website though that has election information too. That I, I see. I don't. I'm looking at it now, and I don't even see where people have to pay for that. That looks to be free as well. That is. Are you looking at vote four one one? I am. I just clicked that on it, and I clicked an, on New York that, State. That is absolutely an amazing website. It is run by the League of Women Voters of the United States um, Education Fund, and that is what's called a mega database, and you it has election information for every state, <clears throat> every state, anything you'd ever want to know or didn't want to know about elections and voting is on that website. You can search for uh, candidates by candidate or by geographic. So let's say you can put in your street address, not your post office box, but your street address, and it will pull up the races in your area and the candidates. 
um, and the league invites them to uh, participate and provide information about themselves and answer questions that are posed by the league. And they, you know, voters can look at it, compare issues and positions that um, elected uh, that officials might have, or incumbents, or people who are running for election. They can even print themselves a sample ballot, so to speak. It wouldn't look like a ballot they would get at the polls, but I get you get the drift of that. They so they can compare it. Um, They again, they can look by race. They can put uh, the elected office race. They can look by geographic area. They can look by um, really just about every combination there is out there. You would want to look for and. Let's say you want to look for races in uh, California, in uh, Orange County, which I think is where L.A. is. No, not, let's not use California. Let's use um, – they use a different system. They use something called Voter Edge. Um, <clears throat> let's say Florida. You should be able to go there. And uh, we have a lot of people who are – who live in Florida and who uh, vote in Florida, um, and they can look up their races in Florida. So it's a great thing. It doesn't, again, it doesn't cost anything. Um, this is last year. Uh, the league won a, um, an Internet award for their website design and functionality for this website. So we were very pleased about that. Well, it looks user-friendly. That's what I would say. It looks user-friendly. I, I look at some websites these days, and I, I question if if the people who designed the website, if they actually thought about what, what impression they're leaving for the average person who checks their home page out the first time. This, I think it's a clean design. It's intuitive. I mean, if I can use it, anyone could use it. I, that's the whole point is that you should be able to um, get information with relative ease and not be struggling to find information. And you can certainly get that there. You can get deadlines. You can get um, registration deadlines. You uh, Individual leagues will post um, their candidate events. They say, we're going to have an event, da-da-da-da. And that's, a, you know, you'll get all of that. Um, very very user-friendly and we um we've been at it for almost 10 years um <coughs> excuse me the first i think the first year we did vote for one here locally we had one of the highest web hits in the state and that's really amazing considering where we are and we were competing against much larger metropolitan areas sure. of course we're not going to you know, get better numbers than New York City or or Albany or Saratoga or larger areas, but we were way up there, and that was a real shock to us. We really uh, were thrilled um, and surprised. Well, so a lot of people look at it. Yeah, and, and there's even a button here where people could, uh, if they wanted to, try to register online. It said, "Did you know it only takes an average of two minutes to register?" That's what it says. <laughs> yes. I won't register online because I'm already registered. But if I'll tell you what, just between you and me, if I wasn't registered to vote, I'd just register right now during the interview. 
it's you know it's easy um of course at the library we do um at in-person events we bring all of our paper gear and we uh have people fill them out and they can either at these events these particular events i think the library is providing stamps for the uh voter registration forms so people can mail them um otherwise we're volunteering to deliver them to the board of elections um and that way they get there the same day or the next day most likely the next day um so we make sure it gets there and gets processed so if people want they can go uh, tomorrow to the broom county public library at 185 court street right from 10 a.m to 6 p.m yes or the ywca at 80 holly street over at the corner of holly and exchange from noon to three tomorrow correct so there's a couple of good locations there that they're being done so they're centralized that's one uh, reason we thought that was a great partnership is because it's you know really in a centralized area within the city of binghamton that people would be able to get to uh with you know not too much difficulty because there are bus lines that run that way and and uh a lot is within walking distance so you know even if you're a student uh, that's living downtown you can go just walk down there and do it if you want to <clears throat> other areas in, are doing voter registration as well suny broom is uh participating in uh, national voter registration day bu always does national voter registration day so um a lot of places are doing them margaret goodfellow co-president of the league of women voters of broom and tauga counties i appreciate your time i hope a lot yes. of people take advantage of the opportunity to register to vote at the yes. uh, binghamton locations tomorrow or check out the online opportunities you must register to vote by october 14th if you want you to do. vote in our powerfully big november 8th elections which i did the math election day is only 50 days from now it's very close and there are, as always every year there are very big races coming on and uh, the governor's race and all of the statewide races um, the entire new york state assembly the entire new york senate um, and then when you go down ballot, you're looking at uh, countywide and uh, elections here locally. The entire Broome County Legislature is up for election, Broome County Sheriff. Um, and in Tioga County, there are some uh, important races occurring. So, you know, every year, I mean, next year it will be the uh, district attorney and uh, I believe Broome County City, uh, Broome City Council. Binghamton City Council, excuse me. So every year there are some big races, really big races. But for um, small municipalities, I mean, every race is a big race there because, you know, it's important to the people who live in those municipalities and also the people who are running for office. So, yeah. And we we just, our services are for the public, so... There's nothing monetized about it. Although people can donate if they want to support your effort. There is uh, down at the, the bottom of the page, if you wish to donate to support the effort by the League of Women Voters for yes. this and the, the, other, the other programs that the League is involved in, you can voluntarily donate if you wish. 
You can that one on the bottom of that page for vote four one one. If you donate there, it'll go to the. I believe it uh, donates directly to the um, education fund of the league in the United States. Yes. All right. Well, but you my... can donate to us too. Sure. We have an Ed Fund account. Well, what if people wanted to join the League of Women Voters? Is is there a way for people to join the League of Women Voters of Broman Tioga Counties? There is. They can email me um, at lwvbrumtioga at gmail.com. All right. And I will uh, get their name and address, and we'll get information out to them. We're updating our website, so... Um, that, or I think you can join in the state website, too. All right. And if you join, it, it confers membership in the national, the state, and the local league. So for one membership due, you are enrolled in all three levels of the league. Well, I'm glad people are working to encourage greater participation, because I, I think the more people get involved, the better off our future will be. Mm-hmm. It certainly will. Well, Margaret Goodfellow, thank you so much for your time, and uh, hope everything goes well for the uh, big effort tomorrow. Well, I hope people come down and register to vote. Okay. Well, thank you for your time. I hope you have a great day. I hope we do, too. Take care. 1030. This is News Radio, WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com. Farmer Brown. WNBF, WNBF.com, 607-772-1290. That is the number. Please dial carefully, 607-772-1290. Operators are standing by to handle your call. And also email bob at WNBF.com. Interesting story. From Albany, you recall the legendary Alice Cooper was here in Binghamton the other day. And then after he was here in Binghamton, he went to Albany. And uh, apparently (laughs) he's walking around Albany, uh, glad-handing people. He probably is doing the same thing here in Binghamton. And, you know, I, I was going to go... We talked about this, actually, on the program last week when Alice Cooper was in town for his big concert at the arena. And I was going to go and see if I could see where Alice Cooper was and maybe talk with him, not even necessarily for a, a broadcast interview, but just say, Hi, welcome to Binghamton. Sorry about what happened in the 70s. That's, that's something where... The people who ran Binghamton back in the day 
I, I don't think really understood what what your concept was. So that's that's why Alice Cooper was not allowed to perform here the first time that he wanted to. But um, anyway, according to the Albany Times Union, uh, there were a lot of Alice Cooper sightings in and around Albany. Uh, one case where he got his hair styled. By the way, his hair actually looks good. Plus, he has more hair than I do. So there's that. Um, also, I'm looking at the story by Pete DeMola in the Times Union. There's the famous shock rocker browsing for Halloween decorations or Alice Cooper strolling by a pizza parlor not far from where he was going to perform in Albany at the Palace Theater. It says photos posted to social media show the guy cracking a smile alongside fans during his Friday walkabout. So for all I know, he had a walkabout on Court Street last week. I just didn't happen to see him, and nobody sent me any pictures, so... Maybe people just didn't have any film in their cameras. Uh, the pizza shop owner, Jonathan Ergo, was preparing his sidewalk patio for lunch when Alice Cooper strolled by with his wife, Cheryl. Uh, Mr. Ergo said, I struck up a conversation with him. He's very generous and nice. You can't not notice him. Ergo spent several minutes chatting up the no more Mr. Nice Guy singer, telling him about his restaurant. Didn't want to bother him too much because they were out and about stretching their legs and being on the bus. Yes, I saw that bus. <laughs> As I mentioned on the program last week, I wasn't going to go over there and really even attempt to make contact with Alice Cooper because I figure he's he's busy and plus... Really, does he want to be bothered by the likes of me? The pizza guy... Not to be confused with the pillow guy. The pizza guy is a man who deserves our respect. He's long been a fan of Alice Cooper. The rock and roll star is widely considered to have popularized the shock rock genre in the early 1970s. An offshoot that draws equally from heavy metal, horror films, and vaudeville elements to create a visual spectacle. That's what Alice Cooper is. Creates a spectacle. Kind of like this program, 1037 WNBF, with your audio spectacle. Good morning, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Yeah, good morning, Bob. It's uh, Dave from Vestal. Yeah, what's up? Hey. Hey. Uh, I just wanted to give you a little bit of info. Um, Alice was at the Walmart in J.C. People were taking pictures with him. The, the afternoon of the show, the day. Yep. Um, you know, I'm not surprised because there was somebody, apparently he likes the Walmart because somebody also said he was up at the Walmart in Albany, too. I don't see it in this particular uh, newspaper story, but I read elsewhere that he, he went to Walmart uh, in the Albany area. Oh, actually, here it is. It, it says Cooper was also spotted shopping for Halloween decorations at Walmart in uh, Albany area and got his locks trimmed at Salon 109 on State Street. So he he apparently goes to Walmart with some frequency, which actually makes sense when you think about touring around the country and going from town to town. You know, if you're looking for something in any given city, a place like Walmart or Target would be the place to go because they're all pretty much pretty similar from one town to the other. Right. 
Yeah, he was at Walmart and J.C. A lot of people got their picture taken with him. And he put on a darn good show. You know, for going on 75 years old, uh, he really does a good job on stage. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I've been told. I, I've i never had the pleasure, either in the 21st century or in the previous century, to ever see a live performance. But I've always been impressed by him. And, and from what I hear... And and even from reading this story in the Albany Times Union and from what you just mentioned about him being in Johnson City at Walmart, uh, it just sounds like he's he's almost one of us. Well, he is, Bob. He, he's uh, he's come a long way, boy. He uh, he went through a lot of hell. You know that. Yeah, and he's uh, lucky he's, st- he's still alive. I mean, the, the right. thing is, you know, especially people who become entertainment stars whether it's music or uh, movies or even even young athletes who get a lot of adulation and a lot of money that leads to a lot of temptation and a lot of experimentation and unfortunately as we see too often sometimes some of our our favorite young talents don't don't make it out of their 20s and unfortunately and in some cases they do and they you know I think everybody, whether you're famous or not, you, you you go through some challenges in your teens and 20s, but you always hope that you survive whatever dumb things you did. That's true. You know, I got, I got to tell you, um, boy, karma, whatever you want to call it, um, the day of the show when you came in with uh, No More Mr. Dice Guy from the uh, from your commercial, you, you came right in with the, with the beginning of that song. I was in the middle of going through all my Alice Cooper T-shirts, which I counted because I've seen them so many times, 14 of them I have. I had No More Mr. Nice Guy T-shirt in my hand, ready to try it on as you were coming in with that song. Unbelievable. Well, that's <laughs> wild. It's wild when things like that happen, and I have things things like that happened to me. I was, I'm trying to remember what it was. There was something over the weekend, and I was listening was listening to some audio feed. I don't know if it was a news program or a talk program, but something like that, exactly. And I, for the life of me, I can't remember what the specific thing was right now. It was, as they say, relatively trivial, except it was one of those things where Either I picked up something, or actually maybe I was talking with someone about something on the phone and then got the phone conversation over, and five seconds later there was a reference to someone I was just talking about. And by the way, it was not someone who's in the news all the time. It's someone who is these days fairly obscure. And it was just weird, like almost like the people who are running the news operation were eavesdropping on me to to see what stories I'm interested in. And then as soon as I got done with my phone conversation, they, they served it up. See? see what are the odds? <laughs> what are the odds? I know. <laughs> it's strange, especially these days, because we know how the Google and every other high-tech company is trying to track everything we do online and everything we say you know actually maybe that's it maybe maybe the people at wcbs radio in their news newsroom maybe they they have a hookup with google that monitors what i'm talking about on my private phone conversations and then when i get my phone conversation done they have a server that whips up a story that mentions what i was just talking about on the phone right <laughs> you know what well, that's 
It's, it's unbelievable. And one more quick thing about Alice. You know, I miss, I've seen him so many times. My family, my friends, we used to meet. The best venue to see him for years we went was up at Turning Stone. That venue up there was outstanding. It was almost like the Forum. And it, it was set up where, at the time, you could bring in your own cooler, your own drinks. I mean, it was just perfect. <laughs> then it all changed. And he loved the golf course there. That's why he kept playing there. He loved playing golf up there. Yeah. Uh, I still hope. A lot of fun. I still hope at some point that I have a chance to talk with him. I Earlier this year, a few months ago, when it, it was just announced that Alice Cooper was coming to binghamton in september my idea was to do uh, an interview with him set up a phone interview and some people said well why even bother he's not going to spend time talking with somebody in binghamton especially you and i thought well you never know because he had he had that situation 50 years ago in binghamton where they wouldn't let him perform at the arena and i thought you know the fact that here he's going to come back again and of course Obviously, he did perform in Binghamton since the the first time when they wouldn't let him. But but I, I think he would have had um, fun talking on a live radio program, talking about how the the people from Binghamton, from the Arena Board of Directors, went up to Syracuse to see him in concert one night, just so they had a, a sense of what his show was about. And even then, even though the people, most of the people who were on the Board of Directors said, Oh, this isn't really that bad at all. It's not what we thought. They still wouldn't let him perform in Binghamton. Right. He loves radio, Bob. He had his own radio show. He, I he know he radio. did. And, and I'll tell you, he he understands the value of radio in in creating, especially uh, music music superstars. The one station, especially that he loved. Of course, he was born in Detroit, and one of the all time powerhouse radio stations in the late 60s and into the 70s was called CKLW, which was just across the border in Windsor, Ontario, across from Detroit. And that station is credited with basically helping launch Alice Cooper's career. The woman who was the music director at CKLW, Alice Cooper, credited her with with helping really get him on the music map because that station was so highly respected in the radio industry when she added some of his songs uh, other u.s and canadian radio stations quickly followed suit across the river from detroit where he was from right yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. and hey, you know what? the motor city they, they they used to call cklw serving the motor city you know, it's too bad somebody couldn't have turned the show on for him during the day when he was bebopping around town. Yeah, maybe him and his wife wouldn't have been neat if you would have stopped by the station. You could have had him on the day of the show. Now, that would have been nice. It would have been. And the, the oh, funny yeah. thing is, here here's the what I and, and some people say, well, Bob, get over yourself. You're You're giving yourself too much credit. I personally think, just from what I've heard about Alice Cooper, I personally think if, if Alice Cooper and his wife were here in downtown Binghamton and knew that there was a live talk show underway and knew that a guy a guy who was growing up in the 70s liked his music, I bet they both both would have popped in here and said, hey, do you mind if we talk to you? I'd be like, no, they, oh, they would, I bet they, yeah. I agree. I, I bet they would have. It would have been a great thing. been real exciting. 
Yeah. Well, maybe at some point we'll still get them on on the phone. I I uh, I probably should have done some work ahead of time to to make that possible to give give the illusion that it, it was just a total surprise. Like, oh hi, who who are you? Oh hi, Bob. I'm Alice Cooper. Meet my wife. Would be like, it, it, wouldn't that have been a great Binghamton radio event? Would have yeah, been fun. Oh yeah. Okay. Thanks. Hey, have a good day, Bob. Thank you, Dave. Ten forty-seven. WNBF. Bob Joseph. No more, Mister Nice Guy. <laughs> that would be my theme, but it would not be true because I always will be. Binghamton Radio's Nice Guy News Radio. WNBF. WNBF. dot com. WNBF at 1050, taking calls and talking about the issues that must be faced head-on on this Monday morning. Beverly from the town of Dickinson. Good morning. You're on the air. Hello, Robert. Hey, how's it going? Uh, it's going pretty good. I got a question for you. Then Alice Cooper was never here, right? Yeah, he was here just the other day. He, he just was no, in Bingham. No, I mean the first time. Oh, the first time? No, the first time, I think, in 1973, they wouldn't let him because they they thought he was just too good. He was too good for Binghamton. Or maybe it was oh. the other way around. Binghamton was too good for him. For some reason, the kids that were running the arena would not let Alice Cooper perform. That's what I thought. Because I got I got to... My oldest daughter told me told told me that I took her to that. Well, hey, well, hey, she was only eight years old then. Well, another another thing. I never take her to anything like that. Yeah, well, another thing is he ultimately did perform. I don't remember the first year he performed, but 1973 they wouldn't let him. 1973 they they wouldn't let him. Well, well, one one time uh, we were down around Harrisburg, and uh, my youngest daughter waited in line for four hours to get a ticket to see Michael Jackson. Now, 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 see, I uh, I looked him up, and I kept asking people what he was like, you know. And so, so when we went to Harrisburg, to Hershey Park, there, why, why, I talked it over with a friend of mine, and we, and she waited in line, and then she lost her ticket, so she couldn't go and see it. Yeah. I don't know. I think that was back in the eighties. Yeah. Well. You know, the, um, the they wanted Alice Cooper to play on December 29th, 1973, just four days after Christmas. But obviously, obviously, uh, it was just too much. It was just too much for uh, yeah. for Binghamton. That, so, so, so this is his first first time in Binghamton. No, he had been here a few other times, I believe. The last week's performance might be his last. Well, I hope it's not his last, but never know. 
but from people I spoke with, they said they loved his show last week. And uh, oh yeah, it was Tuesday of last week. I couldn't go. It was very I, expensive though, probably. Well, these days all all live music performances are are costly. These days, the whole music industry has changed. Oh gosh, yeah, you, you better know. believe it. Yeah, so at least at least the um, people at at the arena, whoever is in charge, the arena board of directors now apparently. Uh, believe that the people should be able to see Alice Cooper. Remember the one time they, they the people in charge of uh, the Speedy Fest wouldn't let Uncle Crackers over there. Yeah, I remember that. What the heck was that about? I, I, I've heard of them, but I never I never uh, I never heard them sing. Well, I heard them sing about uh, what was it, last year? I think I heard Uncle Crackers up at the, the State Fair uh, when I was up at the New York State Fair near Syracuse. I, I thought it was fantastic. I don't know. I didn't see what the problem oh. was. He was singing his so-called controversial song, and I thought it was dynamite. Oh. I, I thought it was great. I didn't see why why they wouldn't let him at the at the Speedy Fest. I mean, it sounded like... The song he was singing sounded like it would fit right in in Broome County. Oh, yeah, because uh-huh. I seen uh, I seen Fabian at um, at the the Turning Stone, and I seen uh, the Blue Brothers. I liked them; they were funny. Yeah, I think they they were. Yeah, my husband and I got our pictures taken, but we cherished that picture too because they were funny. They were really good, and uh, I got my picture taken with Fabian, and uh, there was a few, uh, oh, I sang with the Purple Regime out in Vegas. I loved them. They were a black singer, but they, they were the, you know, the old-time singers, and I had myself a ball. Yeah. I'm looking at one of the stories the newspaper did back in 1973 when I talked to Alice Cooper. They said, um, he said he hoped most people now realize that Alice Cooper is just a character and the show is just an act. He, uh, The guy who performed as Alice Cooper, he was speaking of Alice Cooper in the third person. He said Cooper uh, replied when asked how Alice Cooper would react to being banned in Binghamton. He said, Alice is so unpredictable. He said, I ser- if I seriously thought somebody was going to get hurt by something in my set, I wouldn't do that thing. So he's, to me, it sounds like he's just any other entertainer. He wants, it sounds from what he was saying in 1973 and what he has said in the uh, last nearly five decades, all he wants to do is entertain people. Yeah, that's true. And that's all I want to do. You know, what if what if they decided to ban me? What if they said I couldn't go to the arena? You never, you never get banned, Bob. Never. Sure. I, I'm quite sure, Bob. We know a lot of our, a lot of your fans would go out there and protest. I protest in my front yard in my wheelchair. All right, peacefully. You know that. I know, but it's got to be peaceful. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't want it to be wild. Oh, no, no. No, uh, that's not God's way. 
All right. Well, I appreciate the call, and thanks for your support, Beverly. Hope you have a great day. You you do. <laughs> it's 1057. Bob Joseph, striving not to be banned in Binghamton on News Radio, WNBF 1290 AM, 92.1 FM, and always available on the free WNBF app. This is Bob Joseph on your Monday morning on WNBF Binghamton. It's 11 o'clock. I can say that's a deep subject. Bob Joseph with you, uh, 607-772-1290. These days, you just never know. That's all I'm going to say for the moment. That's that's my only comment at this time. These days, you just never know. You can quote me on it. Uh, I may have additional additional comments later in the day. Right now, right now, even even I. Even I am taking a deep breath (sighs) and trying to process things. Well, things have to be processed, whether it's in the world of journalism or in the world of the sewage treatment plant over on Vestal Road. Things need to be processed. By the way, I haven't heard much talk about the sewage treatment plant, I thought. After the big settlement was announced the other day, I really expected that we would hear more in the way of comment. I think we heard from a couple of callers about the $30 million deal, the $30 million deal for the um, problems at the sewage treatment plant on Vestal Road. So it's uh, a settlement, apparently... All that remains to be done would be to get approval of Binghamton City Council and the Johnson City Village Board. The Sewage Treatment Plant Board approved it in a meeting last week. And this all goes back to that fateful Monday morning in May 2011 when the wall came tumbling down. Mr. Gorbachev tear down this wall on Vestal Road and it came tumbling down. And ooh, what a mess. What a mess in that uh, little creek next to the sewage plant and the uh, NYSEG parking lot. You know, I don't like to say that the story stunk, but it was it was one of the is one of the stories that I've had to cover. One of the stories that was hard to stomach with what happened with the uh, sewage treatments wall collapse going back more than 11 years ago so now 
this deal, according to what they posted online, uh, some unit affiliated with the almighty and all-powerful Suez Treatment Solutions is supposed to pay $20 million to the Joint Sewage Board. They're supposed to write out a check. Imagine having to be the guy. All right, pay to the order of the Binghamton-Johnson City Joint Sewage Treatment Board $20 million and no $100. Can you imagine writing out a check for $20 million for a settlement? Also, some other companies, C.O. Falter Construction will have to pay some money, CNS Engineers, Delta Engineers, Architects, and Land Surveyors out of Endwell, Camp Dresser and McKee, EJ Construction Group. You know what they say, which way EJ and Matco Electric, they all are supposed to pay some money as part of the settlement. The draft settlement I saw indicated nobody, nobody would accept any responsibility or any blame for what happened. And isn't that typical with settlements in America? As they say, we are a litigious society, but more often than not, no one no one accepts any blame. No one will take any responsibility. I think that might be the case with the, the sinking bridge there over Shenango Street, or now the newly rebranded Shenango Arch. For some reason, they last Friday they finally gave it a name. Shenango Arch, you know, will anybody ever accept any responsibility or blame for what happened with a bridge that was snapped together in 2013? They assembled that bridge just nine years ago. And in New York State, companies have been building bridges for a long time. So for some reason, that bridge just didn't work out. Now, many people will say, well, what do you expect? It's so close to the river, and they probably maybe didn't do enough investigation of the soil around Shenango Street where they were constructing the bridge and and the general area. I'm sure that's part of it. I'm sure that's why it makes it a complicated issue. But it still doesn't mean that it's any cheaper for New York State taxpayers who at the moment apparently are going to foot the bill maybe at some point the Department of Transportation and New York State will work out a settlement with the people who were involved in designing and engineering and constructing the Shenango Arch a decade ago and, and then maybe taxpayers won't have to foot the whole bill but as they say that remains to be determined it's eleven sixteen. Bob Joseph with you I'm on your side. Seriously, on your side, 607-772-1290. You can also send email to bob at wnbf.com. You watch.
get somewhere, any place is better. Starting from zero, got nothing to lose. Maybe we'll make something. So what we were playing on our trip to Elmira over the weekend on 17, and we got pulled over. Bob Joseph, 1119, driving a fast car. By the way, I wasn't driving. I was a passenger. She was driving. I explained helpfully to the trooper, and she completed the necessary paperwork. (laughs) Because I don't speed very much. 607-772-5555. 607-772-1290. Monday morning with Bob Joseph. This week on the program, we'll have uh, a lot of guests. I'm looking right now. Oh, Dave Nicosia from the National Weather Service. He's coming in. Mark Heefner, the aviation commissioner, he's coming back in. Uh, Kate Newcomb and Chris Strino uh, running for sheriff and under sheriff. They're coming in. So we have stuff that's going to happen on your radio station because that's the kind of stuff we do here at WNBF. Serving the public as the public wants to be served. Uh, Dave and Binghamton point out we were talking about Alice Cooper apparently going to Walmart in Johnson City and then Walmart in Albany according to Dave in Binghamton, he sent pictures of uh, my personal favorite, Ariana. I like her music because she's a pop star. So, of course, I like pop music. So she comes out with great pop music. And it turns out when she's in various towns in places like New York State, she likes to pop into the Wegman stores, probably to get one of those newfangled subs that they have. Um, and I notice from about four years ago, the newspaper there, actually, I don't know if it's the newspaper. I guess it's a TV station. It's somebody that does news in Syracuse. They have a story that said Ariana spotted in Wegmans in DeWitt. And it showed a picture of Ariana Grande making a surprise stop. A viewer snapped a photo with the singer and actress at the Wegmans in DeWitt. And she was in town with her fiancé, a would-be comedian, because he was filming something in the region. Um, And apparently she has been spotted at other Wegman stores elsewhere in North America. Uh, Allentown said uh, also four years ago, Ariana Grande was at uh, Wegman's in Allentown. So keep your eyes open. Who knows? She could stop into the Wegman's there in Johnson City to get a newfangled sub. Of course, if she did, we wouldn't report it, would we? No, 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 no. 11.23 WNBF with Bob Joseph. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Uh, yeah, this is Vinny from Binghamton. Yeah, and, what's up? Uh, did you see uh, that Did you see that guy on 60 Minutes last night? They were grilling him on 60 Minutes. Yeah, you know, Bob, first, I, that's what I wanted to talk about. 
But, uh, you know, I, was th- I heard you guys talking uh, with some of the callers about Alice Cooper. You know, Bob, if you, um, you ought to bring one of them snakes you used to bring on the stage and uh, do a, a, a one of your uh, a week with the snake there in the uh, studio. <laughs> I have I a picture. One time, one time there was a kid. He was running a, some sort of a, a snake a snake exhibit, and he brought his da- uh, his darn snake right into the studio. It was one of those, what do they call them, the, the boa, boa constrictors, or what, boa constrictors, and it almost killed me. They, he put it around my neck, and I, I felt my neck being constricted, and then I said, call call the boy off, and he, he has a, a secret word. It's in German. It's in German, so I didn't catch the really? word, but it's a very well-trained snake. It's one of those... I think they use it in police work now, mainly because you know they're getting they're getting um, they're using new techniques for law enforcement. Now they have these specially um, trained uh, police snakes, and so uh-huh. they train them. And the, the, the uh, there's a word in German that they use to get the snake to kind of wrap around your neck to the point where you can barely breathe, and then. If it looks like you're going to comply, then the the handler of the snake has another German word, and the snake will release. Wow, I don't know, man. I don't well, know, man, either. And then afterwards, we uh, it was uh, we agreed it was all a misunderstanding, and so we we went out to lunch, and we we had uh, snake speedy. So it, it had a happy ending. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, yeah. Well, like I said, I called it for the 60 minutes. You know, just uh, I think me watching it was just another reassurement uh, of, uh, you know, why I like Joe Biden. Joe Biden is so, he's a guy, he, you can tell, he's just so down to earth. I was talking to some friends this week, and actually we uh, had a long trip and went to see a um, Boston Red Sox game out there in Fenway. Best, best, uh, first time I've been there. Been to Yankee Stadium many, many times, but. Fenway in Boston, interesting, very nice. Isn't Fenway but, just the best? It, it it is. I mean, it's a lot. It's just so historic, and uh, just walking around it and seeing the people sitting up there in the, on the monster, and uh, they got gardens up there. I mean, that uh, place is gardens. great. That place is great. I'm not saying that other stadium. Uh, facilities in North America aren't more modern or more spacious or uh, have more amenities and even are more comfortable. Yes, other places are newer and have have greater creature comforts. For me, you just can't beat mm-hmm. Fenway for because no. because it, it still harkens back to to when baseball. Yes, baseball's always been a business. Major League Baseball always has been a business from its inception, but not to the way it is now. I mean, those were the days, my friend. Yeah, and it's funny, too. We stayed for the whole game in those fans. Now, Boston's like 17, what, 17, 17 and a half games out of first. Those fans did not leave. They were getting crushed. They lost the game uh, 8 to nothing. But those fans, they stayed until the end of the game. But whereas in New York, man, the seventh inning, they're moving out. New York Yankees, they're gone. I mean, they, they, they've always been that way. They just start getting out of there because of traffic and everything else. But back to 60 Minutes, you know, I, I just listening to Joe Biden talk about, I, I like how he just talks about himself and, and growing up and what he's went through. I didn't realize he lost a, uh, a daughter. I didn't know that. I knew he lost his wife, and I know Bo died, but I did not know he lost a daughter, too. 
and he was showing a picture of uh, I think it was a cartoon character, uh, Hagar, and he was talking about there's a there's one strip where they were talking about you know he's talking to God and he says you know why me God he didn't say God he just said why me, and then the voice said why not, you know the the guy is just down to earth I don't care what you think about him he's going to be 80 years old he said I got more in me. But, I mean, he's just a down-to-earth, he might be a, just a blue-collar guy. And, yeah, a um, blue-collar guy from Scranton, unlike that other guy. And, again, nothing against the other guy. I mean, they're two different guys. One was a real estate developer who grew up in Queens with a silver spoon, apparently uh-huh. somewhere near his mouth. And then, you know, you had Biden who grew up in Scranton, you know, in a, a different situation. So, of course, they're going to turn out differently. That doesn't mean either one is necessarily bad. Well, the thing that I loved was um, during the debates when he kept interrupting him and kept talking and talking. And then Joe Biden finally says, you know, would you shut up, man? Obama never would have done that. A little bit, you know, class note. Let the, but Biden's like, would you shut up, man? And you know what surprised me, though? What, you know, that's interesting. You mentioned that particular point in the happy discussion that that occurred during the 2020 campaign. But what really surprised me, two things. Well, one, that, yes, he did do something that Obama would never have done. But he also, he did what had to be done, but he also exercised a degree of restraint because, were it me, I might have used more powerful language. Yeah. So I I commend Joe Biden in that particular circumstance after being repeatedly and aggressively interrupted by one of the more rude candidates I think we've ever seen on the national stage. I think Joe Biden, we know he's capable of using some coarse language. Most of us are. Most of us try to refrain from using it in public. But Mr. Biden certainly would have been forgiven by most Americans, if he said something a little bit more powerful to Mr. Trump in that case. Yeah. And and by the way, you know, as a carefully controlled political calculation, my guess is his political advisors might have told him to do that exact same thing, because if he did, he would have won by 40 million votes instead of just 8 million votes. Well, yeah. Well, you know, and, and I'll tell you, Bob, the, one of the sad parts of the interview, I thought, was um, he goes, I'm, I'm going to tell you, there's been about six congressmen, he goes, I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to tell their names, that have come to me personally and told me they know this is not the way you govern, but they know if they, if they do and say what's wrong, they'll be gone because they will build up, the, the other side will build up money and get rid of them. He goes, that's why they, we, it's so hard for them to come out and say this. And I said, that's why it was so, it was interesting to see um, Liz Cheney. She said, I, don't, I don't give a dang about where I'm going or, or, or my, my, my war chest or anything. She goes, no, this is wrong. I would have done this to Obama. I would have done this to Biden if they did the same thing. But it's like, well, you can't do that. Well, because he's honest. No, he's not. No, he's not. This is wrong. And you've got a lot of Republicans, I know, I've said this many times on this program, they know it's wrong, but they're going to lose their seat if they go against it. And it's sad, because that's that's where our party is. And that's what Joe said. He goes, we're getting better, but it's going to take a while, because we've just messed up this whole road. 
bipartisanship. A lot of, lot of running out of the mouth. But, I mean, there's a lot of stuff we have to do, and we can't do it unless we do it together. So it's going to have to be either we do it together or one party is just going to take the whole thing and get some stuff done. Well, so the midterms yeah. are going to be interesting. Oh, it will be. It will be. A gas prices continue to come down. Uh, you know, one fly in the ointment. You never know with uh, mm-hmm. the potential for hurricanes. There are circumstances beyond President Biden's control. And, and as we've said on the program before, I don't need the gas buddy guy to reinforce this, but he points out anytime he's on, the President of the United States, no matter who you're talking about even the gas buddy guy can't control gas prices no person in public office or no person in private enterprise no person can control gas prices there are a lot of things of course supply and demand is the basic factor but there are other things if a hurricane causes serious damage to a refining facility if we you know we could get as they say figuratively before election day a perfect storm some hackers could hack into the distribution system as they did um whenever that was a couple years ago and caused distribution problems to the southeastern part of the united states what if they managed to cause distribution chaos to the northeast what if hackers some eight-year-old kid in russia with his laptop you know, hacks into our distribution system and means we have no gas to get to the polls on Election Day. That could change the outcome. And at the same time, say if a hurricane has caused major devastation with some refining facilities or other things, other trouble in the the Middle East. Again, Biden, uh, Trump, me, you, the gas buddy guy, nobody controls gas prices. These are all things outside our control. A few things can be done... As far as taxes and stuff like that and the uh, strategic petroleum reserve, those are some minor things that could affect prices a little bit around the edges. But for the most part, gas and oil prices will be what they'll be. So, you know, for people. But having said that, that's still, you know, say if something, if the wheels all fall off, say two or three really big things happen in the next 45 days, and suddenly gas prices go from dropping almost every day now for the last three months or however long it's been, then they start to suddenly jump up again and cause fear that could cause, uh, could have a major impact on how the midterms go. On the other hand, if, if prices continue to go down and people continue to be happy, have you noticed everywhere you go, everywhere you go, you could go to the Vestal Parkway, you could go to Rec Park, Court Street, everywhere you go, people are suddenly happy. It's like it's morning in America again. Well, Bob, I, you know those little stickers that had Joe Biden that was on the gas pumps? You know, I did this. I told it, keep those there. Don't take them off. Keep them right there because when... <laughs> I said, I love it. Well, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And, oh, by the way, did you see, no, I'm not going to bring it up yet. I mean, we got away. I was going to bring it up early in the program, maybe tomorrow. I I was going to ask you, did you see something over the weekend? But I'm not even going to mention that because (laughs) I don't, you know, people are getting set to eat lunch and I don't want to upset anybody's stomach. Oh, my God. Well, Bob, I just want to say just just two things here. Articles in our paper. One was in August 29th, half uh, half page, 
Low fuel supplies cause concern in the Northeast. That was one. And the second one was in September 6th. OPEC makes small trim to world oil supply. I told you, these son of a guns, man, they don't want to see these prices go down. Now, I know, I know, I know even though I know the presidents, they don't have anything to do with it, but some of these guys know how to move this thing up. Speculation. What's your speculation? Oh, my God, there's this big hurricane coming in. Oh, it might hit. You know, it, it, oh, there it goes. Oh, nope, it's not going to hit. It's going to take on off. You know, they. it's like it's weird. It's so weird. Well, the way markets go, the way markets go, there are some people involved in the oil markets and other commodities markets. They know how to how to play the system, and they make they make money either way. Whether prices are going up or going down, they they know the system well enough that they're always going to win. I just I just hate it when it like I said I, I'm and I'm into capitalism, love it. I just don't like greed. I don't like the greed. No, that's the and thing. Un, unmitigated, un, uncontrolled greed causes problems. Yep. You know, to a degree, as as was uh, stipulated in some popular movie a, a few decades ago, greed is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, up to a point, greed is good in terms of motivating people to work in a capitalistic system. But at at a certain point, greed becomes very bad. You know, I I think I think a lot of people. Some of the wealthiest people in this community and some of the wealthiest people in America and around the world could still be very happy without being quite as greedy. You know, you could be very happy. I I have to say, after you accumulate, say, in this area, X number of millions of dollars, say your net worth is, we'll just say, pick a a random figure. Your net worth is above $10 million. Are you going to be twice as happy if your net worth a year from now is 20 million dollars i think not right you know right. I, I, again how, how many cars can you drive at a time how many homes can you live in at a time how many pools right. well, can you swim in at a time the fact is look we all have 24 hours in a day we there's only so much we can eat there's only so much we can drink there's only so much time for us to be entertained I mean, there's still stuff we want to do, even if we're very well off and don't necessarily need to work that much. I mean, most people, even even those who've accomplished a lot and and become very wealthy, most people still want to work. And and right. I mean, it's great in this system. It's great that if you work hard, you are rewarded for hard work in many cases. But at some point. When it, when your uh, accumulated wealth gets into the millions and billions, are you noticeably happier? And from people I have spoken with, right. yep. I I think not. Well, look at Bob. Look at that Brett Favre. I don't know if you've been following. Oh, that. don't Brett get me Favre. started on him. Can now, you there's believe that that is sad. That is so sad. He didn't have to get mixed up in that sort of thing. And now, unfortunately, with the revelations, his his brand. I believe is forever tarnished. I feel, on one yeah. hand, I feel badly about him, but you know I mean, it's, it's his own fault. Was in on it, diverting funds for the poor. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, taking from the poor and giving to the really rich. That's it, man. Appreciate your call. <laughs> okay. Eleven thirty-nine. Yeah, I know. You're saying, 
Well, you know, he deserved it because he was extremely talented. Yeah, he's extremely talented, and evidently, based on the latest information coming out, apparently rather greedy. WNBF, good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Ah, Joan from Bingo. Hey, I-21. I I-21, what's that? Bingo. Oh, okay, all right. See? Okay. See what I did there? Yeah, yeah, I see. Well, see, you're trying to make us feel good. The people I talk to uh, don't have the same opinion that uh, apparently you do about this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. I didn't say that. I didn't say anything is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Well, you were trying to make it sound like that, like this is, you know, hey, you know, the price of gas is coming down and the price of food is going up. and uh... It is. I didn't say anything that's untrue. I, I didn't say that it's the greatest thing ever. I, I'm just observing what's going on right now in America, September 19th, 2022. Every single day. The average price of gas goes down. Well, so do our uh, reserves are going down. So if we do have a catastrophe, somebody planned to uh, have certain things in place so that we would have a lot more pain. Apparently, the reserves are the lowest they've ever been. Well, don't look at me. I didn't tell him to release any any bit of the reserves. I I think it was a poor choice. I I uh, if if you don't think any of the uh, strategic petroleum reserves should have been released, I agree with you. I think it's it was a poor decision, but what can you do? I I I think just between you and me, I think that was politically motivated. Well, that's what I think. Planning that's planning for the future. So well, you have we to. Have... You look what what we have now. The Republicans have backed the poor guy into a corner. And right now, he's fighting for his political survival. What it comes down to is if the Republicans win the House of Representatives, which at this point appears fairly likely they will, that means sometime next year, he's probably going to impeach, be impeached. And then the worst thing for him is if he gets impeached, if Republicans control the Senate, they'll probably find a way to convict him. So that's... That's what motivates him. He doesn't want to be, A, impeached and then convicted and thrown out of public housing like his predecessor was. Oh, so if they uh, trump up stuff about Trump, then that's okay. I didn't say it's okay. No, I don't think people should be thrown out of public housing. Trump got thrown out of his public housing because he got fired. Because the bosses, the American people, fired him, so he got thrown out figuratively on his butt. But he didn't care because he's got an, another Oval Office that he had built for himself down at Mar-a-Lago. So, for all intents and purposes, his life is actually better now than if he had won a second term. That's the ironic thing. That's your opinion. Everything I say on the program on this program, unless I'm reading a news story, if I'm making observations about Mr. Trump or Mr. Biden, those are probably opinions. Yeah, that's my opinion, that, that Donald Trump today is actually far happier and has more freedom to do more things than if he had actually won a second term. Possibly, because the media would still be beating on him every day. 
of course, they're beating on him every day now also, but... Uh, he doesn't know, care. He doesn't care. Donald Trump doesn't care about the media, in your words, beating on him. If anything, he loves it. He loves the attention. He probably picks up, he probably, not himself, but he probably has uh, Margie go down to the 7-Eleven near Mar-a-Lago and pick up a couple copies of the Times every morning, a couple copies of the Washington Post, so he can circle how many times his name is on the front page. Just like we're going to love all those extra IRS agents calling people in and uh, going after them, they're really going to enjoy that. They're going to think, hey, hey, the people notice me. The IRS notices me now. This is fantastic. How about that one? No, not that one. Not that one? You don't think the IRS, you know, all those 180,000? Yeah, the IRS is operating at, at one of its lowest employee levels in years. The IRS needs more people to get back up to the level it had. It, IRS has lost tens of thousands of employees over the last few years, so they need to get back up to strength so they can go after tax cheaters. Well, that's even, they have more than the Border Patrol and all the police, you know. In the What we really need in this country is for comprehensive and consistent enforcement of the federal tax law. So people stop trying to cheat the federal government out of their fair, out of the fair share. You know, the taxes, the taxes are levied for a reason. It's to pay for the government of this great country. And so everyone who is cheating Uncle Sam out of even one penny is not a patriot. Oh, well, no. The the common thing in the United States is tax avoidance. Yeah, I know about tax avoidance. I know a lot of people do it. I'm sure nobody who listens to this program does. But a lot of Americans think it's cute to avoid paying their fair share, what they're supposed to pay. I'm not talking in cases where people are taking advantage of the law and legitimate loopholes. I'm talking about people who come up with all sorts of schemes to avoid paying their fair share. No, people feel they're being ripped off. Yeah. People always feel they're being ripped off. That's how people are. Morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Bob. This is DJ in Binghamton. Happy Monday, everybody. It is fantastic. Yes, it is. Hey, I want to say that I wasn't going to call, but then somebody told me that uh, it took Vinny an hour and a half to watch 60 Minutes. So I thought I'd comment on that. And um, also... Um, about the Alice Cooper, also whose name happens to be Vinny, because his real name uh, is Vince Fernier or Fenier, Vincent Fernier. He's a PK, preacher's kid, like my daughter. And I wanted to say, I wanted to ask you guys, actually. So he's going around performing these songs, and I watched some of them on YouTube on uh, El Gore's Internet, and I didn't see like Cold Ethel and Six Things and I Love the Dead and those songs that we all loved as rebellious teenagers. However, look up on Google or YouTube the article where he says he got saved. Ellis Cooper talks about his faith. Uh, Blabbermouth.com, I think it is. And he talks about his faith, how he got saved. Why isn't he singing worship music? Why is he singing, you know, Poison? That was one of the ones I saw on YouTube, a song called Poison. 
Why isn't he worshiping Christ if he got saved? That's just a question I want to throw out at you guys. And about the oil, did you know that the Scripture says there's going to be no oil and the people will be on horseback? Think about that. They're already digging out the oil from the reserves. It's already, this is the beginning of it. Okay, well, I'll look forward to that. I don't know what we're going to do with the empty parking garage, because that parking garage, when it's empty, then they might as well just leave it as some sort of historic artifact instead of tearing it down. No, no, there's already a plan for that. I, and you can come and do a story on it, I'm going to do a worship concert, and I shouldn't fool around about that. But that's what we could do with an empty parking lot, do a worship concert. They used to do um, a big dance thing. They had a, a big dance event, artistic dance. The Dance Asylum used to perform at the parking garage that Rich David just tore down, the one over near Boscos. Oh, the Asylum did, yeah? Yeah, the Binghamton Dance Asylum. They used to do lots of that stuff in the 70s when the parking garage was fairly new. I don't know if they'll do it again when the new garage gets built, but I hope they do. You know, I was thinking, back when I was a publicist, when I got the lovely KK, who's been in your studio, along with myself several times, um, and I got her into pageants, and she won pageants, and went into modeling and TV and movies and stuff like that she's doing now, um, on a smaller scale, but she's getting her sag and trying to get up there. I would love to take Vinny on a, on a comedy tour and let him do his comedy act to talk about what he just talked about on your show. Oh, Biden, yeah. I thought he was talking about, I thought he was going to talk about that. Yeah, you don't have to be so critical. If you disagree... Just say, I disagree with him, and here's why. Yeah, I kind of like him in some cases. Well, of course, we all like him. We like all the callers in all cases. There's no need to... Oh, I'm going to take him on a comedy tour. That doesn't show much respect. Just say, I disagree with what he said, and here's why. Take him on a comedy tour. 11.49 WNBF. 607-772-1290. Or, if you want, send an email, bob at wnbf.com. I'm inclined to read an email. I'm going to make a decision in just a moment whether to read a viewer email. You're listening to Bob Joseph, News Radio, WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and always available on the free WNBF app. News Radio WNBF with Bob Joseph. Monday morning, the final Monday of summer. Yeah, summer is just about gone. We knew it wouldn't last. Let's take a look at email. As promised, uh, we will read a viewer email here. And this comes to us from the village of Endicott. Shannon writes... You can tell anyone who's concerned they don't need to worry about all of the new IRS employees if they're not cheating on their taxes. They're not looking for law-abiding citizens. Shaking my head over here, Shannon in Endicott. Thank you, Shannon. 
that's kind of what I've been thinking myself. I'm not concerned about the IRS. I don't care if the IRS hires a million new employees. I'm not cheating on my taxes. I pay all of the state and federal taxes that I am supposed to pay. Therefore, when the new employees at the Internal Revenue Service get to my tax returns, they'll take a close look and say, no, there's nothing to see here. Let's go on to the next person who has trouble following the tax laws. So those are the people. Those are the people who do have reason to fear if the IRS ever gets back up to its former staffing level. I still don't think it will, but it might. And all these news programs and websites and, whoa, they're going to be after you. No, they're not going to be after you. How can they go after you when you obey the law? That's like people complaining about radar or speed enforcement on the highway. Oh, they have a speed trap set up there. Well, don't worry about it. They're there protecting you from dangerous motorists who are heading to Elmira at 119 miles an hour. That's why troopers run the radar enforcement. Well, it's just to make money. Well, yeah, they do make money when they assess penalties and surcharges for people who broke the law. That part is true. Because really, how else? How else would we keep people, everyone, from driving 119 miles an hour on Route 17? Can you imagine Route 17 now? It's bad enough with people who are driving 70 or 80. But what if everybody... Well, I'm important, you know. But I'm going to Elmira. So I should go 119. Everybody else should have to go 70 or 80. No. 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 Everybody else should go whatever, 70 or 80, whatever is a safe speed limit. I know people are saying, but Bob, the posted speed limit's 65. Yeah, I know. Trust me. I know what the posted speed limit is. And I have writ... writ Rid, rid, ridden, written. I've uh, been in the vehicle driven by current and former police officers. The posted speed limit is simply there as a suggestion. But what they don't want you to do is be driving 119 miles an hour on Route 17. Again, think of the crashes. Think of the injuries. Think of the carnage. Well... If people don't want that, they should stay off the highway. So again, the Internal Revenue Service, remember, they're working for you. They're a service. And the service they perform is making sure all Americans pay the appropriate taxes. And that's how we run the greatest country on the planet. Because the greatest country on the planet can't run without some cash. 1156, Bob Joseph serving as the true voice of reason in Binghamton on WNBF. Some person.
This is Bob Joseph thanking you for listening to today's program. Please tune in tomorrow morning for another episode of your favorite live local talk show. You're listening to News Radio, WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com.